say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. In the future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. Friday is here, and Tony and Eddie are ready to get your weekend started. Let's party! On air with Tony Sweet starts right now. Okay, everybody, it's Friday, and I am Tony Sweet. Yes, it said Tony and Eddie, but I have to say Eddie is not here. Eddie is out of town in Michigan for his weekly, or not weekly, but his summer is always in Michigan. He's doing a workshop. If you guys are up in Michigan, make sure you go see Eddie and his big butt syndrome. They're like, what the hell is a big butt syndrome? You know, Eddie is a psychic, and he talks about spirituality and just how to how to be that positive, uh, sending that positive energy to the universe, and then they can send it back to you two hundred fold. I still don't get the title. Well, big B U T. He's like, but I can't. But I can't. You know how people do that. Um, Well, you hear a voice, but who is that? You're like, who is that? So I'm going to introduce. He he's a guest on the show. He is an uh, he's an actor. He's been. I can't believe you've been a, a ballet dancer. Yeah. Oh my God! Amazing. You have the body for it. I can tell. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I do not, by the way. Um, and so he is in the house. We're going to talk about a movie that was just in a uh, the Outfest here in Los Angeles. For the people that are not here uh, uh, locally listening in, we have Mr. Michael Adam Hamilton in the house. Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm good, man. Happy to be here. Well, thank you. Uh, bef- I know we have a huge audience, so calm down. I know you're you're the highlight of the hour for us uh, here. Um, but uh, before we get started about what you're here for, is I wanted to talk about. Uh, have you ever seen this uh, movie coming out? It's called Persecuted. No. Okay, so I went. To, I I work seven days a week, pretty okay. much sixteen hour days sometimes, and so I never go anywhere. And I was one. What whoa, the hell? Whoa. Who was that? <laughs> I think somebody's playing a trick on me. We've, Sixteen we, hours is going to catch up to you, <laughs> right? Well, what? I'll, I'll turn this off. I, I think I was on TMZ, and that's what I was like was playing in the background. But Persecuted is a movie. It's about a, it's about a a, a minister. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like a Billy Graham of of, of the movie, and uh, he reaches millions of people. And so his. Uh, his his joy in life is to preach to people the Bible and the gospel and stuff, and so I'm from Kansas. I love gospel Christian music. I, you know, I grew up in the church and all that good stuff. But there, this movie was there was there was such a, a message, 
in it that was not, to, to me, not a very positive message. But what the funniest thing about it, they had people like um, Fred Thompson, you know, the Senator Fred Thompson, mm-hmm. and some of the a major, major uh, uh, actors from television and history past, and so uh, the film past, and they were just, oh, this movie was awful. <laughs> it was awful. It was awful. It, let, me, let me give you an example. Okay. This guy, this minister, rejected a senator uh, to support his bill. And the bill was to bring religions together. Not one religion, but just religions together. Right. Okay. Well, the minister was like, no, I don't, I'm not going to do that. It's all about Christianity and, you know, it's the Bible, and I'm not, I'm not going to support that bill. Well, because he rejected the senator, the senator picks up the phone and says, do, you know, get it done. Well, they end up... <laughs> blackmailing him and getting him, uh, or this they killed a woman they like, drugged the, the they drugged the the minister they they took pictures with yeah i know right and they killed the girl and so they blamed it on the minister uh-huh. so he went on the run or the threatened they they actually did they yeah, didn't no, they, they, the blackmail didn't work and then they actually no, uh, they actually killed the girl and wow. so yeah so here's here i mean okay the, i i can understand government they probably could do that if they wanted to but here here's the deal so you know, if you're on the run and you're like a celebrity, uh-huh. so let's say Brad Pitt or somebody, if they're if they're on the run and they go drive up uh, like half a block from their house, sitting in the car with a hoodie, mm-hmm. <laughs> and a police officer comes by, stops, shines a light on you, and you turn your head so you, they can't see you, he shuts the light off and drives on. Very realistic, right? <laughs> And then, then the other one is they had a a um, they had a, uh, <laughs> a press conference, uh-huh. and so the senators, you know, with all the religious leaders, are up there, and he's like, and you know, it was a Christian na- nation, but now you know what, it never was a Christian nation. So, nation. so I, I could tell that there's an agenda here mm-hmm. that they're trying to say it is a Christian nation. Um, so this guy, the minister, shows up in a priest's outfit, not a minister's outfit, uh-huh. but a priest outfit. No hat, no glasses. Just walks in. He watches the conference or you know press conference, and then turns around and walks out. Oh, he has that magic. Just because I changed my clothes, yes. nobody knows who I yeah. am. Okay, yeah. And so me and my friend, Doctor Shirley, and I are, are like, and you can see other people kind of looking at each <laughs> other, like, what, what, what is going on here? It's like, do not, do these people not? <laughs> I mean, he must be invisible or something. So. The last, the last one was they were on a high speed chase. Yes, and uh, this car run, runs into them. A Secret Service jumps out, shoots into the car, shoots the minister through the chest out the back, and so they get away. Mm-hmm. And then they still chase him, and then he gets out of the car and takes off running. I I don't know about you, okay. but if if That's you would have totally believable, if Come you on. <laughs> if you would have got shot in the chest and out the back, probably through a lung. Uh huh. I'm thinking, I don't think you could run for, like, miles. I mean, mm. these guys were chasing him. So, but I think if whoever's trying to get a message out there, it's going to get lost completely in this movie. I don't usually talk bad about uh-huh. movies like this, but, Lord, 
You know, Lord Jesus, <laughs> you could have done better than that. The message is obviously the power of oh. God because so many miracles happened. It had to have. <laughs> you know, God was looking out for him. Apparently, I was just I was baffled. I really was baffled how how it was it was put together. And especially, you know, you're around all these major major actors. I mean, if you were there as an actor, you if I was in that movie and watched this, I'd be like, that doesn't look right to mm-hmm. me. I mean, or would you as an actor just I, I did my job. I got paid. And I'm going home. That's a that's a that's a, <laughs> that's a funny question because you you do you live on that line, you know, where oh, like you God. have to, you have to believe what you're saying, you have to mm-hmm. believe what you're doing, and it has to make sense to you. But you also can't be that actor that comes in and is like, we have to rewrite this, justify this for me, right. and co- just a complete pain right. in, the, in the butt. So, so uh, I oh, you, you read the script, and if there's enough moments where you're like, I don't know if I can make that sense, then you probably shouldn't do that project. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned though that the the death thing. I think a great like History Channel or one of those episode would be solely how it really happens when people die. Right. Because like I feel like Hollywood and television has conveniently right. been like, well, in this scene we need 15 minutes of a monologue, right. so getting shot in the throat is going to take 15 minutes to die. Right? Or it's like you You're know, like, cotton ball, cotton ball. <laughs> or it's another scene where like no, the guy has to die immediately, so he gets shot and just drop, he's right. done. And you're like, no, no, doesn't I want to know what, what what happens? Yeah, and that that's the thing is I never understood, you know, because I you know I grew up in the country. I shot guns, and mm-hmm. I know if you're with a gun that he had, it wasn't like a little twenty two. Mm-hmm. He was fairly close to him. If he would have shot him that close, he's gone. I mean, he's done. <laughs> oh, the Lord works in mysterious ways. I'll tell you that right now. Um, well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk to this wonderful man here about the movie uh, Ten Year Plan. I think we all have done that in somewhere in our life. You know, mm-hmm. we had friends where we're like, "Oh, if we're not married, or if we're not, you know, with somebody in ten, five it's it's like an insurance policy. You make them in all. You make them in like work. You make them in right. the entertainment business. You're like, listen, if you make it. And I don't, or vice versa. Just remember me, <laughs> right? Well, I have a, I do not have a memory of an elephant, so I know that, that if I make it, I will forget it. But uh, all right, before we take a break, this what we we're going to play a song. It's uh, actually one of my favorite Christian artists, and she was in the movie. And mm-hmm. I have to say, it was her first movie. I love her as a singer, mm-hmm. as a singer. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, we're going to take... You could have seen the facial expression there. You missed that. <laughs> that's my camera. Okay. That's yours. So, yes, they they did. All right, we're going to take a break. This is Natalie Grant. Love Revolution. Bye.
with On Air with Tony Sweet, only on Universal Broadcasting Network. All right, we're back. Yes, that was the trailer to 10-Year Plan. And like I was saying earlier, I think we all have had those moments with friends, whoever, <laughs> in your life, throughout your life. And uh, I'm here with the one of the amazing actors, Michael Adam Hamilton. How did you come up with the three names? Did somebody else have Michael Hamilton? Is that what happened? Seven of them actually. Sef- seven uh, yeah. uh, on IMDb, oh, and I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I kept getting weird <laughs> credits from other people and the credits that were going to other people, and, and I was just like, no, I'm using the Adam. And it's like the only, the only <laughs> slightly like you. diva bone in my body is that when I get my contract, like I'm, I'm really sorry, but there's supposed to be an Adam in this. And they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. No, it's like check, really, go somewhere else. And I want it. <laughs> Good for you. No, it's uh, uh, I always wanted to change my name to like have like five names, mm-hmm. but pe- just Tony Sweet. That's kind of boring to me. Tony Sweet. You should have gone ahead and got confirmed. That would have been one, yeah. and then you could confirm have Tony Sweet. Oh, 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 okay. I thought confirm. <laughs> got a confirmation <laughs> name, and then after that, you can come back over here and get <laughs> married. And... <laughs> uh, um, well, you played Brody in this movie. Yes. I have not seen the movie because I didn't go to Outfest this year. But tell mm-hmm. me about tell me about the movie for the people that out there that didn't understand the trailer. Well, which, if you didn't understand it, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> it, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's about two best friends who make a deal that if in ten years. They don't find anybody right. to be with themselves. They'll be with each other, so they don't end up alone and sad and pathetic. I know. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I got busted. Make um, me feel, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, the the gig is up, and they have to live up to this. And my character, Brody, is a very free-spirited, a little bit of a player, a little bit of a grinder, excessive user. And, uh, and then my best friend, Miles, complete opposite. He's... A little bit anal retentive he is a serial monogamist and um i am like i don't want to end up in a relationship period definitely not with this guy right. so with like one <laughs> month to go i start trying to find alternatives for him frantically so that this doesn't come to pass and uh that's kind of where the the meat of the movie is is that the, is hilarious. the realization through that process that oh maybe this guy is more than i thought to me and also obviously i uh I, I have been doing something like this for the last 10 years, put, setting up with guy after guy. So you're kind of, you started watching his, yeah. what you were putting him through, mm-hmm. but watching yourself in the process. Yeah, realizing what, yeah. how just keeping going and never sinking in, I was missing so much. Wow. So yeah. you're not going to give the story away, are you? We got to tease him was, a little was bit. That, uh, no, that was pretty clear. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, now I I know it's been you won a lot of awards. We have done quite well. A bunch of audience awards, a couple of jury awards. Um, I I do feel like it, one of the reasons I did the movie and one of my favorite things about it is that it is a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. um, and it's about the two leads are are gay. But the the movie is not at all about that. You know what I mean? It is just about two people with regular relationship problems and regular human problems right. who happen to be gay as a detail. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, and it being a romantic comedy, it's it's not like 
changing the world, you know? So I feel like that and a, a little bit as far as festivals, festivals we've gotten into and responses we've gotten, that's kind of colored it a little bit. Right. Because they're like, oh, well, it's just funny, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you, you, you need that too. I think it's important for people to recognize uh, points to, to really check in with a society in, in a particular place and be like, hey, guys, in Los Angeles in 2014 – you can make a movie about gay people, and then the whole thing is not. Oh, well, when I came out, and, right, uh, and then the second half is me justifying it. To you. Right, you don't like no. It gets so let's just it make gets a movie, and it's funny, yeah. and that's great. You know, <laughs> so that, I'm yeah. really glad that JC made makes those kind of movies. Made this one, and I got to be in it. Perfect. Well, I know you and uh, Pat Sajek have something in common. What's that? Well, you both came out as straight. <laughs> did you hear about that recently no he he on twitter he goes i have a confession to make i'm coming out as a straight man because <laughs> a lot of people apparently must have thought he was gay or something but you are a straight man i am and uh, like i said i'm sure many men are very disappointed but i i think it's great and we were talking about that earlier a little bit about mm-hmm. uh straight men playing gay roles first of all was that the first time you've ever played a gay it, role it was yeah how was that it was Phenomenal! It's actually the my favorite project I've ever done. Really? Yep. And my favorite role I've ever played, even though he's obviously not me in a lot of ways. <laughs> right. It was just, first of all, it was a 12-day shoot. So it was 12 really- 12 days. 12 days. It was really intense. like Tyler Perry's project. Like, <laughs> does. Really? With he all goes that like, money, he shoots He goes like days. that. Everybody I've talked to from it, they're like, oh my God, we had like a date and we finished a whole movie. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> it felt like a 12-day 12, like 12 play. It was just like nonstop. 10 pages of dialogue, blah. But because of that, um, I, I was so immersed in this guy. So that was a really uh, enjoyable thing to to experience and play him. Mm-hmm. Um, but particularly the, the gay aspect, I was a little, a little nervous just because when you try to explore, uh, explore empathy for a new type, whatever it is, right. Right. you're not sure how much you're going to really be able to feel it. And, um, but like day, day one, I was, it was like, oh, this is going to be fine. I, um, the movie has gay actors playing gay roles, gay actors playing straight roles, straight guys playing gay. So there's the whole gambit is in this movie. Um, (laughs) but the, my, one of my first like love scenes was with, with a gay guy playing one of my hookups. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, prior to the day, I'm all like, oh okay we're gonna do this it's gonna be fine i'm gonna do this it's gonna be fine <laughs> people are gonna believe me and uh and i'm thinking this guy is gonna like did you do extra push-ups just in case <laughs> i don't know <laughs> please you always do <laughs> right you love scenes do push-ups um if for no other reason you get a little flush and sweat <laughs> right. um, but i i'm thinking he's all relaxed you know this is whatever i walk in there and all of a sudden just ease i'm just like let's yeah I'll, start like talking to him like you know and, and i could just tell he was so nervous really i was like wait a second okay so um that was that was a fun experience and it proved to be like that pretty much for the film not that everyone was completely nervous but just that i i just realized that like when you when you understand someone's motivation and someone's life mm-hmm. you don't you don't have to worry about it you know right. what i mean like i understand what Brody was going for. I understand why he does the things he he does, and therefore it's going to be true for me. Mm-hmm. You know. No, I I think I think it's great because I, I I've never been an actor. You know, this is I'm just playing Tony here. But but as an actor, you know, you're playing sometimes roles that are either difficult to play or 
you know, going deep to find the emotions that you've never felt before or just playing a role, like you said, that you've never even thought about playing before and you mm-hmm. just had to play because, you know, it stretches your le- to your to the limit. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a, ever a, a time where you're like, uh, can we try something else or maybe do something else because I'm uncomfortable or are you just like, you know, balls to the wall, let's go. <laughs> yeah, well, here's, a little, here's a little tidbit for you. J- JC, uh, the director. Right. Um. First of all, when unfortunately, when people hear that you're doing a gay movie with a gay director uh, who is the writer and director, they're like, "Oh, what does he want?" Right? Right. And the, so I got that a lot. Couch, right, yeah. got and I got that a lot when I was telling <laughs> right. people about this movie. Um, and at, at my initially, I didn't have that perception, and I started being like. And, and, <laughs> when's it gonna happen <laughs> and, but, or then you get offended he's like he never even tried <laughs> <laughs> but jc was like the opposite of that the right. like the the he's like a teddy bear so sweet uh and like by far my favorite director I've ever worked with right but when we did certain scenes he would be like so uh, in this we're you were doing and i'm like jc i know jc don't worry about it <laughs> and in this one particular scene uh the the other dude who's coming in and is a day player is buck ass naked right and, and well, it's not like we've not all seen a naked man before come on and jc is being sports. all like well we, we never discussed in your contract so you just you you put your pants on and whatever whatever and I'll, we'll just frame around it and i'm like jc would you like to see my butt? <laughs> like, we, didn't, we didn't discuss it. Well, I'm not, I'm not gonna melt. <laughs> right. He's like, well, you know, if if we, 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 I don't want to put you in a weird place here, and I was like, it's not a weird place. Like, whatever works for the movie. We all have I don't want it to be like a weird pan up and tilt around and like, that oh, is... they're avoiding Michael Hamilton's butt. <laughs> so like, Michael Adam. Yeah, thank you. Gosh, Adam. yeah. Just forfeited my own contract. Yes. Um, so that that was a. Uh, Wow! I don't remember where that came from, but no, that's great. That's, that's <laughs> great that uh, you you participated. You you felt comfortable yeah. enough with everybody in the cast and everybody to to participate in the movie. Uh, but what is one of your your most memorable? Could be funny. Mm-hmm. Could be yeah. Let's go to funny. Let's go to funny. What was like a funny situation <laughs> that you could give us that that didn't make the it didn't <laughs> didn't make the thing. Yeah. Um, gosh. It was so fast that there wasn't a ton of room for like <laughs> you humor. You can't be funny. <laughs> Stop playing. No, yeah, no screw focus. <laughs> um, I don't. I guess we shot this. We shot this wedding scene mm-hmm. um, that was like I don't want to give too much away, but there's a <laughs> wedding and um, and Deborah Wilson. Was, I love Deborah or Skelton. Sorry, Deborah. Deborah she's Skelton. so she's so not funny. I don't understand. She's not funny at all. <laughs> so she, I had actually worked with her previously. Oh, you have? And, okay. And when I met her, she was she's funny. She's always been funny as long right. as I think I've known of her. But uh, t- not shooting, she was kind of low key ish, right, and mm-hmm. slightly vulgar and hilarious. But um, <laughs> but did when you we, see her tattoos? By the way, how could yes, yes. <laughs> when, I made the, that mistake uh, once. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so this time, she's sitting there, and you know she's in this. Being the minister, she has this mm-hmm. monologue where she speaks about love and friendship right. and all of these flowery things and somewhat spiritual things. And so I casually just say to her, Deborah, uh, what's what's been up? How are you? And she's like, Oh, honey, I'm great. And she went off for like 20 minutes about like the meaning of life and the like 
the path of the universe to me. And it was actually a really amazing experience, but it was also hilarious because like one by one, people were like, walk, I'm sitting down uh-huh. and, and she's across from me. People would just stop. And I looked up at the end of this thing and like the entire movie is just watching Deborah <laughs> talk, about, talk about like the meaning of life. And she's like, oh. Are we shooting now? <laughs> so. I remember, I, I'm, and this is one thing she says a lot. She, you know, go, oh, you're so pretty. Oh, thank you for seeing yourself in me. Did she use that one? <laughs> no, she, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yes. I said, I'm you blessed. look great. You sound, yeah, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah, I love her. She yeah. is hilarious. So let's go back I, uh, to your childhood. You grew up in Maine mm-hmm. and you were in ballet. I How was, did you get into ballet? Was, am. Uh, am, was, yeah. I got into ballet the way I got into the most things in my life. My sisters just dragged. Um, yeah, my sisters didn't ever make me do ballet, no. 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 <laughs> they locked me in closet and Are stuff they? like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that, um, I, I have three sisters. And uh, I have one that's 18 months older than me, Elizabeth, and then a little sister, Rachel. And when Elizabeth and I were growing up, we were really close, had the same friends, and um, Rachel was the one who went in various closets and whatnot. And, uh, <laughs> so, but uh, I got into ballet because uh, I literally would have to sit outside of their dance class and just do nothing for two hours <laughs> twice a week. And You're and like, screw it. <laughs> and at first, that was like whatever. I'm sitting in the car before iPhones, before iPads. So that's you know. And You're that uh, old. what do you do? <laughs> um, and uh, and then I got this friend who his sister took the dance class and he lived right next door. And so I got to hang out with him and we would play this aviator game and it was the best thing ever. And then he went ahead and moved to Texas. Huh. Um, and then I realized how miserable sitting in the car was. <laughs> Plus, I had a crush on, on the girl named Laura. And uh and so I was just like, maybe I'm going to wander into – so I wandered into class wearing, like, soccer shorts and, and uh, a T-shirt. And the teacher, Prudence, was like, Michael, do you want to take class? And I was like, yeah. So that was – the initial start was literally just the sisters and the crush, which wow. has led me in many directions in my life. And, uh, and I did it kind of seriously for a while. She moved her school. I was playing soccer and tennis and doing gymnastics, and I just stopped. And then when I was like 14 and a half, again, I was dating this girl and I had, I had a tennis tournament and she came to me, uh, she was coming with me and beforehand we went to her dress rehearsal for Mm -hmm. for Cinderella and I'm sitting there like half paying attention and, um, and out of my peripheral vision, I see this guy in that John, Don Pina doing crazy split leaps in a circle. And I was just like, whoa. And I remember I went home. You can't do that? I, I. Maybe now a little bit I can. <laughs> then I was like, Mike, oh, everybody can do that. <laughs> I went home and I was like, Mom, I, I think I want to dance again. Hmm. And she ha- she always has the best responses for like those life moments. She what goes, did she say? She goes, Well, Michael, honey, I'm going to wait until after Christmas, and if you still want to <laughs> dance, you tell me. So like the literally the day after the holidays ended, I was like, No, I still I still want to dance. And so I started at Main State Ballet, and. Uh, that was that was that it turned into be like something i really loved mm-hmm. but also i think something that saved me as a person really Why yeah is that? well you brought me back <clears throat> to my childhood <laughs> which <laughs> it had its it had its uh challenges as as many of ours do and um i had there i was i felt alienated and alone for a lot of reasons mm-hmm. and i think that without realizing it 
I made like a safe place and a way to almost meditate mm-hmm. and refocus mm-hmm. in ballet. You oh, know what good. I mean? it's, yeah. It was it was just a thing for me every day that was safe and uh and the the people who ran the school the mealies were some of the most amazing people i've ever met in my life and i think that without that i would have a very different path right now what now were you a a popular kid or i was homeschooled one of those guys (laughs) so i actually had no not not only was i i don't know if i was popular i had no concept of this notion i didn't know if i was attractive and i really mean that like when i was 13 14 years old i just i just was you know you just, i that you that, existed but those, you didn't know those how conditionings you, yeah. happened so late for me and not in like a weird sort of way but just like i i had my friends i had right. my sisters i had my sister's friends and we all just existed i uh and then things sort of started occurring to me and i was like oh no i have to know this thing i have mm-hmm. to know if I, am i popular am i attractive am i cool am i the, these little things and i realized i was like decades behind on television shows, <laughs> decades behind on on the like every song on the radio and tried tried to do like a cultural catch up probably around 14 um which proved to be stressful obviously uh but I think the the main thing uh that was that was there was not my social interaction it mm-hmm. was uh some some tumult in the family right you know right. that I needed I needed a a place to step back from it well, you know, I grew up in Kansas, and mm-hmm. I was the baby mm-hmm. of the family. But I, you know, I, I also, you know, I played football. I hated football. I hated it. Did hated you? it. My, but my, do you still, my, do you still hate it? Because we're gonna have a little. Well, I, I was good at it. <laughs> okay, I was good at it. But you know, I was a big kid. I was like six feet, two hundred fifteen pounds when I was Whoa. like in eighth grade. Okay. So, you know, I was a big kid. I didn't grow much more after that. But um, so, you know, we won state and all that stuff. But my pa- my dad made me do it. So mm-hmm. it was good that you actually had something that you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I, di- I was in track. I did do track. I loved throwing the shot put. I was a, I know, I was a two-time state shot put champ. You know, no big deal. <laughs> That's such a random one. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I, it's one of those things that just happened, you know. But it, it, I do. I get that because that when I was doing it, you know, you know, if it was a spin or throw, whatever it was, I, could, I went into my own little world. Mm-hmm. And that did not necessarily saved me, but it got me, a, again, away from whatever craziness was going on in the mm-hmm. household or in school or whatever. But I always find that fascinating of being homeschooled because you don't. Not saying you don't get the social interaction of with the other kids mm-hmm. because you said you did with your sisters and her friends, but of building those relationships. When did when did you start building the relationships and and uh, with like the boys down the street? I mean, did you have that at all or no? Or were it's, you out in the middle uh, of nowhere? No, we weren't. <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's it was never a relationship uh, challenge. I always I've always had uh, good. I have deep relationships with people that mm-hmm. I have had my whole life. Almost. Oh, that's great. It was more um, the expectation game, oh, right? Oh yeah. Where okay. how things work, and um, and it has its beautiful sides. Mm-hmm. Where I don't know. I I love this book called The Four Agreements. Have you ever yeah, yeah, heard of this yeah. book? So this book talks about how 
you're born and you sort of are this little piece of clay and then you one by one subconsciously make all these agreements with society. Well, mm-hmm. I have to do this, otherwise this, and I have to do this, otherwise this. And I think it's very true. And I think when you're homeschooled, you uh, you make less of those and slower. Right. And right. Uh, and that is sometimes translates into the stereotype <laughs> of like a really awkward, out of touch homeschool kid wearing weird clothes and smelling bad. <laughs> but again, why are you looking at me? No, <laughs> no, you were a shot put weird kid. Yeah, I it's was. A different guy. I was a yeah <laughs> sleeping. <with> the- <laughs> well, I, I actually though, in my freshman year in high school, I was um, I got up to two hundred fifty pounds. I wore these huge glasses, no. greasy hair, and then by the end of my uh, freshman year, I weighed 190 pounds, spiked hair, and contacts. I was like, the, oh, my coach okay. used to say, you're the best before-after <laughs> picture I've ever seen. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's okay. So <laughs> the flip side of that equation, uh, and the unfortunate thing can happen when you're homeschooled, right, um, is that you get this beautiful uh, window mm-hmm. to really find things and take them as they are, right? And um, unfortunately, kids who go to public school don't always get that. They get to immediately be put on a track right. and learn how to be graded and learn how to be graded by their friends and learn how to be either varsity or junior varsity and all these things that are telling them who they are. And mm. they have to live up to them, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. Um, but when you when you have been the homeschool person and at some point you have to jump on that conveyor belt, it's like, wait, I don't understand the rules here. What do you, what do you mean? So slow down, slow down. Just give me a second. Um, so that was, that, that's a little, uh, that's a little tough where you're like the first time someone looks at you with a really judgy comment and mm-hmm. you're like, why would literally like genuinely, why would you even bother saying that? And then you start to realize, oh, no, that's how people communicate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, um, and then you move to California, and this is a completely yes, different communication. <laughs> yes. God. So how did you get into the acting world? Because I mean, being in ballet, you, I wouldn't think that was a transition. How was that transition from ballet to acting? Um, again, the sisters. It's funny. <laughs> Good I just, thing for your sisters. I was just talking to my mom about this the other day, and she has a completely different version of the story. So I'll tell they you. Always do. I'll, I know, right? I'll <laughs> tell you my version. My version is I uh, was at school mm-hmm. and uh, finishing football practice. Okay. Uh-huh. What'd you play? I played cornerback and quarterback. Psh, oh, of course. Yeah. Always the good look ones are quarterback. What I liked corner better though. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was better at it, I guess. Oh, okay. There's a kid in my grade who is phenomenal. So it's kind of, there's no place for me. Thank you, Chris <laughs> Doughty. Um, <laughs> but, um, but uh, she came to pick me up. I'm in pads and in, in dirty football pants. It might've been like preseason, I think, because I think the time of year, but so she throws it on me, picking me up. Oh, Michael, honey, I don't have time to bring you home. We're going to this audition. The girls are doing this, this mm-hmm. play and they're, they're, she always calls it tryouts. Never an audition. Still to this day, how did your tryout go? I'm like, it's not a sports team, Mom. We call it auditions. But um, so they're going to a tryout. and um, <laughs> That's cute. And we get to the theater, and I'm sitting there dirty in the foyer, and uh, this guy comes out, Michael Hjord. Are you auditioning for a French resistance fighter? And I was like, no, I'm just I'm just waiting for my sister. He's like, oh, come on. You, you'd be great. You'd be great. You should do this. And I was like, no, I, I really don't want to. Please, just do it. And again, with the girls, God. So then this girl, Veronica Vandalowski, comes out, and um, <laughs> and I noticed her. 
And she like sat down. She's auditioning for it. And we chatted a little bit. She ended up not even doing the show, by the way. But enough w- interest was created that I went in and auditioned and um, did this show. And it was the most fun hmm. I had ever had. And on top of that, like my entire family did the show. It was oh, really. Uh, I'm serious. <laughs> it was a little princess. And you played a little princess. Uh, I did. That was again, I bet you. Again, <laughs> right again with that confusion. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my. I, my mom was in the chorus and my sisters oh, and uh yeah it was That's great it was quite a a little moment in time and i ended up kind of similarly to ballet mm-hmm. sort of surpassing all of them in this thing they dragged me into good for you show them up not even it wasn't intentional <laughs> oh, i needed okay. it and uh i did probably seven shows back to back with bitterford city theater and uh i just i just never looked back i started going around and um and doing them at different community theaters and local theaters and and then at high school and uh and i i guess the film acting thing occurred to me because um i don't know i never wanted to be like famous right right i I didn't have that concept of myself of oh you can be that one day like why winter hill was my one of my shows when i was growing up and um which is we remember that. So Winter, uh, winter Hill? One tree. Oh, one, one tree. tree. I, I say said it winter. that poorly? You know, you know, maybe my, one tree Just hill. my 45-year-old <laughs> earrings probably going. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I, I was doing shows in high school, mm-hmm. pretty much all of them, and um, people were like, Were you gonna, are you going to be an actor? And I was like, no, I'm going to be a lawyer. That's what I want to do. and uh, Really? You wanted to be a lawyer? I wanted to do, uh, yes. I thought I wanted to do international business law. It's a little different. That, yeah. But in some ways, not so much. It's all about arguing who owns something and being the best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I uh, I decided that uh, maybe I, what would I even, what would it even look like to do this? And then I, got, I heard this announcement on the radio that they were doing this scouting thing at the Doubletree Hotel. And this girl that I did theater with was like, I kind of want to go, but I don't know if I want to go. Will you go with me? And so, so another I, girl got you. God, I, this one I didn't have a crush on, though. Oh, okay. Just, so uh, we we went together. And um, and I was kind of half committed, but curious, but didn't really want to admit that I was. And the way that they did it at this, it was pro scout. It was the weirdest thing. They would be like, they're all like, <clears throat> so some of you are meant to do this. And of some course. of you are not. And the way we're going to communicate with you is hand you a card from this deck of cards. Okay. And if you get the right suit of card, you have been chosen. <laughs> <laughs> and you will go to the You're Bo- looking for the cameras like, where is this a reality <laughs> You will go show? to the Boston Pro Scout Convention. <laughs> so I got the right card. I think I was an ace of spades maybe. I got the card. And I was like, okay, well, I, I got a card. And the girl was like, of course you did. And <laughs> she didn't. No. So, <laughs> so I ended up going to that thing, uh-huh. and um, I was completely naive and uh, very fresh-faced, I guess you would say, and um, ended up getting more callbacks than anybody else that weekend from different cast wow. directors and agents and managers. And I was like, okay, maybe there's something to this. So I met That's this great. Yeah, I met this one particular um, guy named John Simmons, who was like, if you want to be an actor, and that's what you really want to do, you have to come to California. Now, meanwhile, I'm going into freshman year of college to, to do law. And uh, 
And I was like, well, let me, you know, I'm going to finish the first semester and see what I think. All of a sudden, uh, the academic tr- tr- path that I was on, I mean, I was from from like seventh grade. I knew I, w- I really wanted to do this. Uh-huh. I really wanted to go here. And that was like the, all I thought about. <laughs> and then once I graduated and achieved it and was in school and that wasn't the goal anymore, I was like, why am, why am I here? I hate these classes. Like most of them are boring. I don't really want to do this. Mm-hmm. And that was in, in the back of my mind was John Simmons being like, if you really want to be an actor, you have to come to California. California. Here. <laughs> so I, I, I finished that semester and I went wow. to California. Yeah. Wow. And then before we get you out here, you also have a production company. Yes. That you started. What's the production company? It is uh, Pleasant Vertigo Productions. And uh, initially I, I did it because um, I was copywriting scripts and I wanted to like have them protected but have myself protected and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but since then I've done a couple shorts with it, developed a couple shows with it, have a couple movies with it. So That's great. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I, I love to see people like that that, that uh, go out and are committed to making – not sitting around waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm like that. I, I get bored if I'm waiting for somebody else to do it for me. So I, I try to create. That's how I started, you know, universal broadcasting. You know, I started in radio and then I just kept building and building and my yeah. visions are way out there. I mean, so I think <laughs> I'm sure you're the same. You know, I think that's like growing up, you know, you go in that little world. That's where you create things, yep. and that's where you start creating your future, and you visualize all these things. As Eddie would say, visualize, visualize. <laughs> Put it on paper. Um, so, well, where where do people can find more information about, you know, your production company, the the film? Um, where can they go? And uh, Sure. Um, my website is michaeladamhamilton.com, <laughs> Michael Adam Hamilton. Uh, the Twitter is at the, T-H-E, Michael H., Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael Adam Hamilton on Facebook, but I would say I I put the most out there on Twitter regularly. That's that's Perfect. the best way to follow like things. The uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I hopefully maybe you'll come back and join us again. Maybe you can co-host, or maybe you can just uh, come back and with another project. I would love to, man. Anytime. Yeah, I would it's love that. Well, I am glad that you're here, and uh, please go see this movie. I don't know if uh, it's going to be an, uh, available, like maybe on Netflix soon, or I, you know, or I don't know. I don't 100 percent know what his plan is. I know uh-huh. that you can pre-order the DVD. Oh, you can. Yes, tenyearplanmovie.com. Okay. You can pre-order the DVD. Uh, but I think that he sort of has a couple distribution offers, but he's waiting to see really what he wants to do. All right. In today's world, sometimes self-distributing is better. It's, you know? Yeah, it is. That's so why I, I think a lot of even musical artists now are you know doing it themselves. <laughs> why would I give you a piece to yeah, put I'll take my music on a website <laughs> I could put my music on? <laughs> right. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Michael Adam Hamilton. All right. Sex and candy, yeah 
Girl, your soul is speaking. Welcome back to On Air with Tony Sweet. I'm Eddie Connor. We're going to do this segment, Girl, Your Soul is Speaking. And this is going to be one of those fun segments. I'm a huge fan and uh, supporter of Abraham Hicks. Do, do any of you in the room know who we're talking yes. about? Abraham no. and... and <laughs> Uh, Esther and Jerry Hicks? Yes. Yeah. So it's Jerry and Esther Hicks. Uh-huh. Esther Hicks trans channels 
the spirit of a hundred non-physical beings of light known as Abraham in the collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. And a lot of her fans oh, oh. Uh, love to call her <laughs> Esterham. Esther and, yeah. <laughs> and she travels all over the world. I was turned on to her back in the mid to late 80s. And she has a million different things you can do to get yourself out of your own way. And we've all heard of vision boards. She'll have something called the placemat process. She has millions of things. And one of my favorite things to do that I forgot about until I came across this the other day is uh, something called a magical creation box. And um, on my DVD, I talk about think it and ink it so that you can in-sync it. <laughs> so when you think a thought, most people's thoughts are like farts and whirlwinds. They're just all over the place and nowhere at the same time, mm -hmm, <laughs> as it were. That sounded like a shark. <laughs> uh, and when you think something, you're kind of all over the board. And you can think three, four things kind of simultaneously while you're washing the dishes, you're on the cell phone with your friend, and you're, you're doing what you're doing. So you're really not present in any one thing. When you ink something, you really can't be doing anything but what you're writing to be fully present. So you think it, ink it. But when you're inking it and you stay in that place purely for longer than 17 seconds – then you immediately tune into the non-physical aspect of yourself, your higher self, your soul frequency. Abraham Hicks would say that's when you're tuned in, tapped in, turned on to the pure positive stream of energy that creates worlds. And she and Abraham will say that your spirit, your soul, your feelings, are your good feelings are the exact same energy as what holds the sun and the moon and the stars and the sky in perfect proximity to each other. And that your human self, your physicality, what you write, what you speak, how you work, how hard you work, creates less than 0.01% of your reality. And so what are we all taught to do when we grow up? To work really, really hard. hard. And the action on this planet creates less than 1%. How you feel when you're doing the action creates the other 99.99%. .99%. So if you're working in a job you don't like, that's not speaking to you. But you keep going to work anyway because it's the left brain responsible adult thing to do. And you're pushing that boulder up the hill of responsibility when your heart and soul aren't into it. Most people die doing what they hate. Hmm. And once in a while they get brave and they break free and they start doing what they were born to do, their, their sole purpose on the planet. And... Think it, ink it, and then get in sync with it. I think of it, IT, as illuminated thought, illuminated talent, brings illuminated things. And when you write and you do anything that makes you feel good for longer than 17 seconds, at the end of 17 seconds, you are now 2,000 physical human action hours closer to what you do want than you were before you were inking it. And every 17 seconds after that, the, it becomes exponential. Two sets of consistently feeling good for 17 seconds ends up jumping up to 20,000 action hours. Three sets of 17 from one all the way up, 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 up to the third set of 17 kicks you up to 200,000 human action hours worth hmm. of labor expended to get you closer to the feeling of what you want. And 68 seconds, which is... Four sets of 17, 
68 consistent seconds of feeling good about any subject puts you 2 million action hours closer. Do you know why your life works so good, Mr. Richard? Why? Because you spend a lot of time singing, creating, channeling characters, doing what your heart, mind, and soul brought you to the earth plane to do. And so even if you're having a crappy day in traffic um, and somebody's rude at Starbucks or whatever, as soon as you start doing what you're on this planet to do, that almost seems to get erased. Mm -hmm. You're spending more time doing what you feel good doing than what you don't feel good doing. And oftentimes you're on your way to do those things that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. And then when you're done with it, you don't go, okay, another 12-hour day of doing what I love to do. God, life is so hard. (laughs) Instead, you're absolutely authentically grateful for it. Gratitude is a high frequency. Appreciation is a high frequency. Feeling good connected to that source is all high, fast, and pure energy. That's when you magnetically and electromagnetically pull to you faster than most other humans do. So a star, everybody in this room is a star in their own right. A star is a person, when you see someone who radiates that energy, what you're actually experiencing from them is them being more connected in that 17-second frequency than out of the 17-second frequency. So Abraham Hicks has, has a thing called the Magical Creation Box. And what you do is you rip pictures out of magazines, you uh, rip words and put things in it that make you feel good first and foremost. Number two, they are visual representations of where you want to go in your life. And number three, they must match the way you want to feel when you get there. And so if you don't know what you want to be when you grow up, you always know how you want to feel when you get there. And if you keep it super, super simple, do you want to feel good when you get there or do you want to feel bad? You want to feel good. Do you want to feel stressed and overwhelmed, or do you want to feel euphoric and connected to source? Do you want to be dim, or do you want to be shining? If you keep it super simple, whatever you want to be when you grow up, running a radio station, do you want it to feel good or bad? Amazing. You want it to feel amazing. So then you pull pictures out of magazines that look and feel amazing. So finish this sentence for me as a group. A picture is worth a thousand words. Words. And Woods. <laughs> woods. <laughs> I thought you said woods at first. I was like, hey, I got um, <laughs> It's worth a thousand woods. And, um, and so the subconscious, and this is where it's great with everything we're talking about, because Cynthia, as a dream interpreter, knows that the subconscious mind is what's feeding you the dream when you fall asleep. But you have access to the subconscious mind 24-7. And if I'm looking at beautiful things, what am I telling my subconscious mind? You want beautiful things. I want beautiful things that make me feel good. And the more I look at those things, the more I interact with people that make me feel good, the more I choose in my imagination when I'm sitting in traffic to focus on things that feel like the end result of what I want to create, then I'm summoning that energy that creates worlds just for the joy of summoning it. It's not hard work to feel good, but it is hard work to do something you hate and try to feel good doing it. And so I did a magical creation box. I didn't tell a single soul that I was doing it because I teach law of attraction. 
And then when you put yourself out there, if you don't pull the thing you want to, you people go like, bitch, what's wrong with you? Okay. <laughs> and then you have to cut somebody. And I'm spiritual, so you have to do it with a chainsaw. <laughs> do it with a smile. <laughs> and so she calls it a magical creation box. So I got a beautiful box. I decorated it. And then I started ripping these pictures out. And my goal was to go to South America, and I wanted to go to Machu Picchu. And so I'm a huge fan of Shirley MacLaine and at the time of Carolyn Mace, both fire engine redheads in the metaphysical spiritual communities and i read all of her books on machu picchu and going to peru and south america and all of her spiritual experiences blah 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 and so i started ripping pictures out of magazines that felt like that and she says put them in the creation box and put the lid on it and don't bother it anymore what i was doing differently was every third day i would go back and i would take the lid off the box and I would put everything out on my bed. It was a king-size bed. And I would look at every single picture for about three to ten seconds until I could feel the energy of how it would feel to be standing on the top of Machu Picchu in South America. And then I would keep adding to it and adding to it every three days, and I would spread it out. And I was doing this. I only did this two weeks. This is a true story. I told no one what I was doing. Two weeks later, a client calls me from Greensboro, North Carolina, and I'm living in Los Angeles. And out of nowhere, he says, listen, do you know who Carolyn Mace is? I said, oh, yeah. And so we talked about Carolyn for a while. And he's like, do you know who Shirley MacLaine is, obviously? I'm like, yeah. And I wanted to tell him what I was doing. I thought, nah. And so we were just talking. And he's like, listen, Carolyn Mace is taking a group of people to Peru. And she's going to take them in May. And I met her and her assistant in the airport, and we started talking, and I'm going to go in May. Would you like to go? And now my jaw is hanging open. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so crazy, less than two weeks. And I'm listening to him. The conversation's going on, and I'm sort of checking out at the same time because it came so quick, and this is the biggest thing I'd ever dreamt for. And then he says, you're not listening to me. I want to take you to Peru. I want, I'm going to pay for everything. Wow. You are the most spiritual person I know, and I can't think of going with anybody more spiritual than you that can help me navigate my spirituality through Peru. And so will you let me take you, my treat? And I said, well, give me a week to think about it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, re- I would have been like, yes. <laughs> yeah, but I really, it's nothing that big had ever come to me from doing what made me feel good mm-hmm. just for the joy of it. Long story short, I went to Peru with him. It was a life-changing experience. When we got to Peru, we broke free from Carolyn Mace's group because there was 350 people in yeah. it, and it was a cattle call. And plus, she was going through menopause, and she was mean, honey. She was a mean child. <laughs> so, so we left the group, and we had a five-star, almost like celebrity-driven 10 days helicopter trips into wow. the Amazon. I mean, we got into the top hotels at the top of Machu Picchu when someone dropped out just before we walked in, and they said, this never happens. The shamans took us in. It was crazy. And I got a reading from a shaman who said, you're our brother. You have known you were going to come here since you were about 18 years old. And that's the first time I ever saw a picture of Machu Picchu. And it was in the movie Resurrection Mm -hmm. with, um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, Ellen Bernstein. 
And the guy at the gas station in the movie Resurrection, which she was nominated for an Academy Award for, ding, 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 <laughs> uh, uh, showed a picture. And at the very end of the movie, she's like, the guy who used to run this is now in Machu Picchu. She shows, oh, getting goosebumps, showed the postcard. And I remember sitting in the movie theater, tears coming down my eyes. I'm like, I'm supposed to go there. This shaman in Spanish with an interpreter is telling me this story. He said, you're our brother. You will bring people to Machu Picchu and share the light of this place with people from all over the world. And I thought, yeah, you tell everybody that. <laughs> um, but it was a genuine experience. I left Machu Picchu. My life completely changed. One year to the exact day, I took my first group of people to Machu Picchu. And we're all best friends to this day. And that was in 1999 or 2000. Wow. And since then, I've been back three times with groups, and I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. The magical creation box. That's what I write it down. Yeah, you just get a beautiful box, decorated it any way you want to, and the things you want in your life, you feel it, that's what will bring it. And if you can feel it consistently every day for 68 consistent seconds, you're going to be closer to it, attracting it easily, joyously, magically, literally. I love that, Eddie. You're amazing. Oh, you're so sweet. And girl, you're so, so just spoke. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're girl. Yay, Eddie Connor. We are back with On Air with Tony Sweet, only on Universal Broadcasting Network. Okay, we're back, everybody. This is On Air with Tony Sweet on Universal Broadcasting. And I'm here... With a young gentleman that we heard his music earlier. It's called, it's all called Sex and Candy, and I was craving one or the other. I'm not for sure which one it was yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> right. Why not together? <laughs> but we have the one and only Trev yeah. What's up, Trev? <laughs> How you guys doing? <laughs> and we, we have joining us also John Williams, of hey course. John, Hello. yes. I thought John would be appropriate since he's an amazing singer also. Oh. I know. And uh, I know he loves when I do that turn to red. him. Yeah, he loves when I tease him like that. Uh, Trev, <laughs> so you, you have a great voice. Great voice. When did you, you. Uh, when did you find your voice? When did you find that this is something that you wanted to do? Mm, it's kind of been my whole life. My dad gave me like this birthday card and it said, ever since you came out screaming, he scratched it out and put singing. <laughs> it was like literally I came out just like singing and bopping wow. and just my whole life. So you have a great supportive parents, right? Very. Yeah. Very. So are they singers? No. No? I'm black, no, I'm a black <laughs> sheep. Well, my mom sings a little bit in the church choir, but I'm really like the black sheep as far as a musician happy-go-lucky art- artist at their very type a business oh really yeah. so 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 yeah. when did you find out i mean i know you said you came out saying you when did you start saying uh, do you write your own music yeah okay so seventh grade so you started at seventh grade yeah wow what was Me that the piano <laughs> you play piano yeah since second grade oh my god wow. so any any other instrument or uh guitar kind of self-taught yeah. But not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it on stage yet. <laughs> I'm not, not, not comfortable yeah, yet? Yeah, no, I'd like to, though, but just not was quite yet. Was piano by ear or piano by training? Uh, you know what? Funny story about that is uh, I would do it by ear. My you know cousin would teach me. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we got some lessons, and they taught me, like, classical, you know, the staffs, and I learned all that stuff. But right. I would 
it would be kind of overwhelming because that's way right brain. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So then at the end of the lesson, I'd be like, can you just like play through once? And she'd be like, sure. And I would memorize it by ear. Uh-huh. I wouldn't practice all week. And then like 45 minutes before practice, I'm like, ah, crap. And I would like learn it. You would learn it? By ear and just by looking at it. She's like, mm, you've been wow. practicing so hard. And my parents had to fire. They're like, he's not practicing. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not practicing. And she's like, that's no, he funny. is. And, we ended up That's just funny. getting a, a teacher that taught me how to play by ear and with chords and kind of just general right. guidelines like chords because I'm like, I don't, I appreciate it, you know, but mm-hmm. I always wanted to play by ear. So. Mm. My brother's that way. He taught himself how to play piano and amazing. Right. I can do one finger, you know, the one, knick, 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 knick. I can do it that way, but <laughs> I can't do it. It's yeah. the coordination <laughs> of both hands at the and same time, you yeah, know. It is. It's and I know amazing. that that's something I've always wanted to do because I, I, I remember growing up and listening to Elton John and, and, right. and acting like I'm playing the piano while I was singing along and stuff. So I know that's like always been something I wanted to learn. So I love it when I meet somebody who actually is doing it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's what? honestly, it's, it's not as hard as it seems, you know, when I've oh, given, yeah, sure rub that in. No, I swear. <laughs> it wasn't but, that hard. <laughs> no, because no. when I play and sing, I've had multiple <laughs> friends be like, give me piano lessons. I'm like, there's just honestly a few things. If you can get these things down, and then you start feeling it. Like, I promise you'll get it. And as soon as I taught them my little tricks, and then they can play however they feel within those guidelines, mm-hmm. they're like, that oh. That sounds like a YouTube instructional video. Yeah, right? it could be done in one YouTube video. There you go. So maybe I'll release one. For my like Trev Tuesdays. Hits and Piano yeah. for dummies. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> I should do that for one of my Trev Tuesdays things. I think that's Yeah, true. we're starting that up. So. I would that's watch cool. it. Yeah. Yeah, but now I have to find right. a damn keyboard yeah. or something to do it. That's Hell, you can do it on your phone, you can, yeah, right? Yeah, these days do it on your phone, <laughs> do it on your, yeah. you know. Uh, okay. No excuses keyboard. anymore is what you're saying. Yeah, no. I hear you. Well, I want to. <laughs> I'm getting too old for that crap. Now I'll just listen to you guys play. Um, so <laughs> no. so you started writing uh, at seven years old. What what uh, When you first started out, what music did you like to sing? Uh, I liked pop because I'm one of those little like, kids that just like in sync type of pop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody. Right? No, that was my first concert, actually. <laughs> when uh, Pink and Cisco were warmed oh, up. Oh, wow. For him. I love yeah. Pink. But um, I was with my influences growing up. The classic ones that I love and appreciate is everything from like my dad was very like Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. Oh, wow. Very that edge rock. Mm-hmm. And he's always be like, oh, listen to this solo, listen to that. And then my mom was very um, like gospel music and Amen also like Jesus. the disco mm-hmm. pop yeah so it kind of got have That's that nice pop mix. disco gospel yeah. soul and edge rock you know and very well rounded yeah. yeah well that's you know growing up because my parents were a lot older than your parents so my dad grew up with you know uh bing crosby right. frank sinatra yes. uh i used to listen to all those and then of course the countryside being from kansas you know mm-hmm. the old Ernest tubs you right. know hank williams senior and then my mother grew up in california and I got all the, you know, Beach Boys and Diana Ross and the Supreme. So I, right. I did get the same thing. And I think yeah. it, and when I do listen to that and I'm like, oh, I know that song. And people are like, how do you know that? Right. Mm-hmm. When most of my friends did not. Have yeah. That. Those were my biggest influence. And, and they were well-rounded, too. Like, my dad's always, every concert that was in town, no matter what genre, right. like, he would take me and be like, listen to this. That's let's great. Because he appreciates mm-hmm. music. So that's kind of where I got cool. that from. Oh, nice. And on my own, I always listen to Ray Charles. He's, like, my biggest. Mm-hmm. Oh, Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? El- you say Elvis? I love Elvis. About Jerry Do you Lewis? really? <laughs> yes. Huh? Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. Yes. Yeah. Did you say Jerry Lewis? I said Jerry Lewis, but Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> I know we're talking about hey, great balls of fire. <laughs> right. you know, yeah. But Ray Charles is my all-time. I yeah. had all the CDs and listened to him all the time because just the way he could play and sing and um, 
kind of revolutionized like a new sound. Mm -hmm. It's always been my biggest thing. Well, what's funny is I, a few years ago in 2008, I was on, um, the gospel dream in Nashville. Cool. Yeah. As one of, as a singer. And I always thought it was funny because I told the executive producers when I was there, I said, this is not fair. I said, you're taking Christian artist and making us sing gospel. Right. I'm like, I said, you can take a gospel singer and make a, take a Christian song and make it gospel. You can't, it's hard to switch it. it. Is, yeah. I'm like, this is, this is not even fair. <laughs> that's like a Broadway that's doing a, a pop. Difference. Right. But that's what Ray yeah. Charles did. He, you know, right. he made it his own. He added that blues, the funk, the gospel, everything mm-hmm. about you right. know, that era into his songs. So yeah. what, so what, how have you taken that and put it to your songs and made your own style? Well, like, for instance, you know, like, even Sex and Candy, you guys were playing that one mm-hmm. before. It's nothing like the original. It very right. much so, like, got this song that I related to. I was like, oh, I love that. And it's one of my favorite ones when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And then kind of just made it my own style. So, in the sense, kind of did what he did. Mm-hmm. did that, you know, with my influences that I've had, which is, like, soul and, you know, mm-hmm. piano broken down. But I'm very much so, like, to create a moment with the instruments. So... Like, I'm also breaking out of, like, that pop thing, which my song was, you know, big on Arizona, New Mexico radio. Mm -hmm. But with the programming, it's like, okay, let's copy and paste what we did from the verse and put it in the second verse. And the chorus is copy and paste it there, you know. Mm -hmm. And, like, with this new stuff, which you've heard, it just evolves and evolves. And what is the strings, like, artistically painting a picture in that moment to capture that lyric or that moment rather than let's just copy and paste. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I've let it evolve and get bigger and bigger and bigger to actually, like, encompass the feeling that you're feeling in that moment. I'm so, so glad. Does it, that make sense? Yeah, it no, sure I'm does. so glad yeah. that you, you, you say that people like Ray Charles and, you know, mm-hmm. Elvis and people like that influenced you because I think that, that makes a true artist when, yes. when there's so many pe- these girls and guys that I want to sound like Britney Spears or right. I want to be Christina mm-hmm. Aguilera. I mean, they're, you know, okay in their own right, but I think they're not complete artists like they used to be. Like, like you said, mm-hmm. Elvis and all those people, those, they knew their craft. Right. They really knew their craft. Not just saying, I, I can sing like this or I can, <laughs> blow, you know, I can sing right. with an amazing voice. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you sing, do you, are you one of those that like to tell a story? I try and capture a moment, like an exact moment. Like, if you can, like, let's say, like, getting, like, knots in your stomach. Mm-hmm. What does that sound like? Because we just get knots Painful. in our stomach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, that's something I try and, like, <laughs> it's so funny. Sometimes. Yeah, right. <laughs> the wrong kind of knots. Uh, oh, okay. It just depends. Uh, I had some of those with too much Little Caesars like yesterday. <laughs> <You're> like, oh. <laughs> I could write a song about that, but it wouldn't be pretty. <laughs> but, like, the butterflies. You know yeah, what I mean? Okay, like, yeah. what does that sound like? So, like, I'll get that, uh, that anxiousness and then, like, make a sound to it and then what's beautiful from there you know dancers make a visual to it and mm-hmm. you've created something that's just a little knot in your stomach into this experience mm. so like i try and capture that moment so yeah i have i have a couple songs will be on my you know upcoming album that are actual like stories like mm-hmm. this is how it panned out this is what played out but a lot of them are like like um wishful thinking um, for instance, that's just that moment where you see someone, you're like, Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And you get those knots. Well, what does that sound like? So we, like, we've had the symphony in there and I have, we mm, had, we wrote a string arrangement to kind cool. of like do that battle of, Oh, but you're not, you know, get over this. You'll never be able to get <laughs> someone like that. But then, right. Oh, but what if like, so like we were trying to portray those exact, what does those knots sound mm. like? 
artistically does it make sense yeah it's it's really cool because i don't i'm not interested in making like a sound or a noise Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i want to create a moment and be intentional with the sounds that you create like why did you play that part right there Mm -hmm. why is the bass do that right there like and i used to do that with all my bands i'd be like stop like why did you play that guitar part and i'm like well i don't know without a sound no i don't want to make a sound like that has to portray that lyric or that moment you know, let me ask. Let me ask you this, and this is just because John's a singer. I, I I've been singing for a you long time. Too, yeah. No, I'm a singer too. Yeah. And, and just knowing yeah. that somebody that loves this industry and loves your your craft, if if an executive came to you and says, mm, "No, I don't want you to sing like this. I want you to sing like this," and you knew you're going to take off and be sell millions of re- records, what would you do? I would see what. That's very tempting. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you have to pay your dues to an extent. I wouldn't compromise my everything. You know, let's just make you some random, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like, have you seen uh, Rock of Ages where he's like a rocker and they're like, Uh -uh. they're trying to make him into a boy band. (laughs) Okay. Well, anyways, it's kind (laughs) of like that reference. Like I I would, if it's doable and it's still like, because I did come out with a pop album Mm -hmm. and it is very much so a piece of me. Like I said, I grew up with pop. I like pop commercial stuff. So if I can like compromise a little bit to get my, you know, foot in the door and to get that momentum going i will but mm-hmm. i'm gonna stay completely true to me 100 percent. so i i would willing i'm i'm i don't want it to be just me i want it to be my team's vision right so we all need to like find a middle ground in certain areas so well, like well the reason i said that because yeah. you see so many disney kids and mm-hmm. this you know they get to do the bubble gum mm-hmm. and they just you know sell them millions of albums and then all of every almost every single one of them christina Brittany, yeah. uh miley all of them just have tore the door down and you know became their own but right. they they that was that rocky they had to terminal time in that in their career i think a lot of people yeah. you know you do have to go through that but at the same time i'm not going to be like if they're like hey we need you to be like a screamo artist but no you know what i mean like if it's not doable no but i can right. meet them halfway and we can figure out okay you want more edge like that one more darkness well mm-hmm. that's a part of me let's bring out that artistic side of me let's run run with that you know mm-hmm. what i mean and find my sound like i'm not going to try and just fit another sound oh, i yeah, need to be good. my own that's my biggest thing i've told everyone it's in my you know magazine interviews all this stuff like be your own shape be your own color mm-hmm. you know what i mean don't try and conform so you can fit in well, that's like any. UDU. We've interviewed a lot of actors and actresses in here, and singers, and and uh, a lot of them say, even if I didn't make a dime, I would still act or I'd still sing, oh, yeah. yeah, because I, that's my life, totally. And so, you know, then there's people that say, I want to be famous, you know, that's a yeah. huge difference, big difference, <laughs> yeah. Well, because me, like, I'm not interested. I want money, like a lot of money, so no, that I can make a difference for people. Right. Like, sure. I don't, I don't care for me for money. You know right. what I mean? But to, if I can help use it for positivity that's mm-hmm. good but it's not about the money like at all for me it's about what having positive influence with mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so you know what i mean no I, if i was like oh you'll be famous if you go and do this style i'll be like sure like no i wouldn't do that <laughs> you know what i mean but right. if i if it matches up with my vision to you know make a positive difference to and create I the still, ripple effect yeah and yeah. still be true to my yeah. message which is you do you mm-hmm. be original right. to yourself then yeah so, so it you just g- depends on the circumstances. Well, you I gave guess. us some of the you know past artists that have influenced you. Who do who are some of the artists that you really enjoy today that you t- feel are true artists? Uh, my biggest is Gavin DeGraw. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. hands down. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, the, and Coldplay and um, John Mayer and The Fray are kind of like, which is kind of like a mixture of all what I am. Mm-hmm. And then 
I mean, Sam Smith is incredible. Oh yes. You know, yeah. I, it's funny. I can never remember his name, and and I don't know where you started telling yeah. me about him. And a long I'm time like, ago. Who? Yeah. Huh? No, I'd, it, hit, it hit me like one person one week was like, "Oh, have you heard of Sam Smith? Check it out." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." I never did. Mm. And then the next <laughs> week, I literally got approached like ten times in one. I'm like, "What the heck?" Like it hit like a tidal wave. Like, fine, like, I'll <laughs> look right. it up. Yeah, I'm getting like requests to do covers and stuff. I'm like, well, "Oh, he's great." Like, he's bringing back that melodic sound, you know, mm. that really tender but mm-hmm. gospel-ish kind yeah. of voice that and he does he's not in the industry and, not a, and we don't he, really see that he yeah. reminds me of adele the male version yeah, he is because the male you look at him and he's not like you're right. not you're not like oh my god he's like a no. drop dead gorgeous i mean right. he's just an, you know yeah. an average looking guy that's just very 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 talented, very talented. Right. and i think it's refreshing mm-hmm. it is because when i was growing up you know you know i, I was born in 69 so 70s and 80s you could be my age at 44 and get new artist of the year mm-hmm. and, and look at you know uh, what's his name from queen uh adam lambert no no the original oh the original <laughs> freddie mercury freddie i mean mm-hmm. the, they were not good looking guys they were just average looking guys mm-hmm. and but their voices and their craft is what made right. them so great yeah. and then all, all, all of a sudden it became all about this yeah. Pretty boy, pretty girl thing, and I'm like, where in the hell did that come it's from? True. <laughs> it really, and it really yep. is, and I think that's. I'm, I'm glad that uh, you you pick people that are. Well, Adele is incredible. Too. Adele, I mean, uh, speaking, of, would you uh, ever do like a show like The Voice, um, or something like Rising Star or any of those shows? Oh, one of my best friends is on Rising Star right oh, now. Yeah? Megan oh, really? Tibbetts, she's incredible. Yeah. Shout out. Um, <laughs> I, I've gone for them. I was in one of the, the top pool for the West Coast for The Voice mm-hmm. and then for the callbacks and then I you know didn't make that cut. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't know. See, I've gone for them, but at this point, I don't think I would uh-huh. because so many good things are happening now with my personal and I yeah, don't want to get found in some yeah. contract right. or something. Like yeah. you said, and then have to get in this situation like you just said, mm-hmm. you know. So honestly, things are really happening on its own, like Good. authentically. Yeah, so that's great. I'd rather just kind of do is that it thing. is it what you envisioned before, or is it more more or less? More, more than what you envisioned. Wow, yeah, what did more. you envision? What was your vision? Well, that's just evolved and evolved and evolved according mm. to where I'm going. But, um, well, that that goes into like you know past family stuff like you were you had to be a christian gospel singer where i come from you know what i mean so in that sense it's like oh you're not like a worship leader this and that because i'm decided being like no i don't feel that's what john went through (laughs) right that's why i'm it's a big thing i know (laughs) it's a big transition so when originally i didn't see that but then you got placed in that and then that becomes this is how it has to be otherwise you know and i wrote a song about that too plenty of them but i'm gonna have to hear that breaking out Yeah, yeah that'll be released shortly after um this new one coming out called wishful thinking is the next one it's kind of talking about breaking out of that but also um so then it's just like people say no this is how you're supposed to be this is how it should be this and this is unacceptable this is this isn't so then your brain starts to think okay well fine i could do this in the christian you know and then i'm like no no you need to stay true to who you are what you want Mm -hmm. what your vision is and um what you feel your destiny is and do that and so breaking out of that like that's how i'm seeing it get bigger and bigger than i ever Mm -hmm. ever could have imagined like it's bigger than I dreamed and it's bigger than I felt than I've like envisioned and it's coming together in ways that I didn't expect to. Do you know a yeah. do you know a Christian Christian artist named Crystal Lewis? Uh the name. I'm she was like the Madonna. She was like the Madonna of Christian music. Mm-hmm. She was like really pushed the barriers. But one of her songs and it and this is kind of what I'm hearing, is it, there's a line that says, More than I asked for, but mm-hmm. less than I dreamed. Okay. Meaning more you got got way more than you even mm-hmm. didn't even think you wanted. 
right and less than what you dreamed meaning just you know i thought it this way and like oh no it's it's over here and i right. think i think those are the biggest gifts in life anyway mm-hmm. the ones that are unexpected oh totally yeah this is all going it's going now like as far as how, how i've always seen it going my direction and i've mm-hmm. removed people saying this is what you have to do mm-hmm. this is what you can this is who you need to be this is who you shouldn't like now that i've removed that and it's going in the direction that i've always felt true to me it's like more beautiful than i could have imagined mm-hmm. like so did you write a song about that yeah yeah oh, you did yeah. like yep Great. they're all coming up on the upcoming album so you're you, <laughs> I, I have a feeling are you you're pretty uh emotional guy yeah yeah like a pisces tell. or i cancer? am a pisces yeah okay yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah but a controlled emotional mm-hmm. <laughs> not yeah. reactional right right <laughs> well a lot of what you said like wanting to use the money you know to help other people and mm-hmm. feeling the music and translating the music into you know like with the instruments along right. with your voice that's all empathic stuff, you right. know. So, so that's why definitely. John and Pisces. I are both empaths. I'm a yeah. true Pisces. Yeah. <laughs> You're a true empath. True yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, being an empath, I growing up, I because thank God my psychic co-host Eddie, who's mm-hmm. not here, but he right. he's the one who introduced me to that term because I was like, what the hell was it? Is because I would always feel somebody else's emotions. I would feel yeah. their emotion. Mm-hmm. I would pull their energy, and I'm like, I don't know why I feel so. Can you imagine or, as an artist? As an artist, right. that's what right. I mean. It's it's it's, yeah. but it, it, but it also works to our advantage because yeah. it brings up emotions that we never even thought we. It's would so have. true because you literally, and that's one of the traits of the Pisces. They say sometimes yeah. it's like you will take on someone else's thing so much oh, yeah. it depletes you. Like yeah, you so don't even I've know written you. so many songs yeah. about that. Like yeah. you begin to identify with it. Mm-hmm. So, but I've written some great songs because of it. <laughs> what are, what's one of the songs that you've started and, and you're having trouble finishing, either because it's too emotional for you or it's just there's like a block. Is there one particular song that you just can't finish it? Or do you have you finished pretty much every song that you've written? Such a good question. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. Let me look because I have so many. I have notes in here where I have half written songs. Um, I know there's some that I do go right back and because I, I I start many songs mm-hmm. and and there's never really been one that I just couldn't write because it's too emotional. But there are many songs that I've not finished. But then there's you know there's songs that definitely make me. There's songs, like, yeah. Really there's songs me. where I haven't been able to finish. Um, too emotional hasn't been a problem unless I need to give it like a, a break for like a right. week or something. But at the same time, I don't want to give it too much break because I need to, those raw no feelings emotions. is what I need to write about. So yeah. the time where I think I need to take a break is because I'm like, oh, well, th- was this like commercial? Would this be able to sell enough? Is it hooky mm. enough? Is it this? You know what I mean? So that's where I'm like, oh, I need to take a break. But then I'm like, no, I just put out all I'll say and just write what I feel. Yeah, because sometimes I was going to say sometimes know? those are the best ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are yeah. the ones that get most requested and most response. I'm like, okay, because you're you're being true and yeah. the, you're you're giving somebody else the opportunity to to feel mm-hmm. what they may be going through and go that wow that's me. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of times if it's just a poppy song and. It's like, just oh, making good. noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I don't want to make noise. But you can put it out there, true <laughs> right. to you, you know, on other channels like SoundCloud and so yeah. forth. I mean, I love now that we're all prosumers these days, you know, mm-hmm. pr- producers and consumers, and uh, that's the power of like you know SoundCloud and Reverb Nation and all these Absolutely. different sites. Is yeah. that mm-hmm. you know you don't need permission anymore to do what you really want to do. Yeah, I mean sure. maybe mainstream, but at least yeah. you know that's a bonus to the people who want to go and. Dig yeah. deeper, and with you. I mean, because I like pop so much, mm-hmm. I'm able to make things that are hooky 
but they're still my message and they're still true and they're still mm-hmm. marketable. You know, marketable is like, wow, that's a hooky song, but it's like, wow, that song's deep. And the more mm-hmm. you listen to it, you're like, oh, and you were late. And then, you know what I mean? So I'm able to like kind of combine a little pinch of this, a little pinch of that to where it's able to be still yeah. commercial, but still so personable and like yeah. in, in independent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you a dancer yeah. too? Oh, yeah, but not like <laughs> choreography dancers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he feels no, it. I feel feels it. Yeah, it's in the yeah, moment. I'm not good at someone telling me to do this. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And I don't feel it. So I'm not choreography either. I'm I would a dance where yeah, I dance. I'd be too yeah. self-conscious. I'd, I'd forget yeah. the words, what I was saying. And I'd be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why the yeah. boy band yeah. thing never worked for me. It was, always the, <laughs> it was always the choreography thing that scared me the most. Yeah. Actually. I dance in my room all the time. I dance with friends. We go out dancing. I mean, we just do what we feel and it feels good. Yeah. But I mean, as far as choreography, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> Have you ever done groups in terms of like singing with groups, or do you feel more comfortable singing on your own? I mean, groups are always more comfortable because there's that security blanket. Right. You're not uh, like out there naked in front sure. of everyone. But it's, I've never but been like in a that? boy band, though. No. Would you do mm. that? Would you get up there and sing naked? No, I'm just kidding. They have all these <laughs> hey, new shows now. Oh, I know. VH1's <laughs> naked. I know. Dating. It's just crazy. I'm like, really? I Let's do American Idol. All oh, just naked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh they're really gosh. pushing the envelope these days. <laughs> no. it's gonna... But that's kind of interesting, but we won't tangent off. Yeah. Won't tangent off that, that was my ADD. Right. Yeah. Well, that Sorry. will be here, and then it'll crash just as fast. I'd rather build something. Yeah, like, right. Like, if I did, put your clothes on. Yeah. But no, you know, it's... Uh, it's it's a great to have somebody like you, a young man that's really enjoying his mm-hmm. craft and growing and, and very getting, spiritually centered. Yeah, you can feel that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You would you would have loved Eddie because Eddie's mm-hmm. you know he he would oh, pick yeah. up on that like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm coming back. You when should. He's on the spot he'll, too. Yeah, he'll give you. He'll give you. He, he and Chandra's coming reading. in as yeah, well. Chandra, she's, she's a psychic, psychic medium. Too. Oh, I love it's it. The show that follows after. I know. We have a lot of spirits. Yeah. So how how do people find you? Music is iTunes yep. all the online stores and iTunes and stuff um, as, as far as like uh, what's it called Instagram and mm-hmm. Twitter it's at Trev T-R-E-V underscore music Perfect. so Facebook is kind of the same thing it's facebook.com slash official Trev music mm-hmm. youtube.com slash official Trev music my website is official Trev music.com <laughs> that's called branding yes right mm-hmm. <laughs> which was a big process because everything was uh Take my it. whole name last time and so we had to, this is just too much Did you get the little blue check mark by your name in facebook yeah, yet yeah brand everything yeah. it's yeah. kind of hard yeah it's <laughs> I, I accidentally I, deleted my youtube page like what a couple like a month <laughs> oh, ago no. lost all my thousands of subscribers from that radio oh, song everything so oh, now i'm no. just re- but it's good because we were rebranding and you weren't oh, okay. able to change the name yeah. anyways it was my full name now we're just going by trev so i like it it's just easier and no it's easy gonna, to spell yeah, easy <laughs> i wasn't i didn't yeah. get to good grades in english or spelling so right. that's good was it o-r-e-r but the sex, yeah it's o-r there you go but the sex and candy video is coming out in uh like on monday so on that's kind of a good way to YouTube. plug in and get my youtube going again. get them so going again all right go. so tell mm-hmm. us about wishful thinking what is what it's about Wishful thinking is when you see somebody like so fine, <laughs> but so you, fun or fine, fine, fine oh. like fine. sexy, like, <laughs> and it's like ah, oh, like um, and they just drive you like crazy, you know. But then you're like, ah, oh, I can never have someone like that, you know. Mm. And it's that kind of pull, like just quit date, wishful thinking, daydreaming, like wake up, that you know. So it's kind of one of those people you like couldn't ever probably get. So I take it that you've had this experience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So. Well, thank you so much, Trevor, for being here. Yes.
And we're going to uh, we're going to go out with uh, wishful thinking, and we want to thank you for being here. And come back and see us again. You yeah, promise? Yeah, thank you guys. I'm going to listen. Yeah, Absolutely. and uh, don't forget to tune in this coming um, Wednesday with Carla and Tokes will be here, and we're going to have some ama- amazing guests. We have uh, Dana Stevens uh, on the show. She's the creator of Reckless on is it ABC. I think it's abc or cbs i think uh, it's cbs cbs um and also we have aj he is the choreographer for the new uh i think it's james brown uh movie coming out so okay. he's going to yes. be in studio with Sweet. us maybe he'll show me a few moves I'm so excited. <laughs> all, right. all right well we're out of here thank you guys love you and thank you for tuning in we want to wish all of our uh listeners a great weekend and be safe and love mm-hmm. each other and on the way out maybe you do some wishful thinking on your own maybe you'll find somebody out there that uh is out of your league but they fall for you anyway yes, yes. Like hitch. right <laughs> all right here we go take care trev wishful thinking sexy never looks so cute till i looked at you i think you got me looking in fact i hope you do i'm burning up inside but i'm trying to keep it cool you're so fine, you're so fine, and you know it too, and you know it too. Come inside my mind, that's where we could break the rule. And role play everything we could think that we're minded to. We're pushing every line every time, like we do. You're so fine, you're so fine, and you know
careful if you say yes You might fall for me in secret And the world around you might disappear Disappear Cause our lust isn't meant to be love Like a downward spiral of regret So deep you can't hit up screaming now Screaming now At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of consumer cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023.